Greetings, everybody. Today is July, July 1st. Happy Canada Day, everyone. And uh, while we celebrate Canada Day, please do not forget uh, the bodies that were found, 251 children uh, found graves with no names. Uh, let's pray for them. Let's pray for their soul. Let's pray for their families and for everyone who lost their lives for absolutely no reason. Uh, and also celebrate those who fought for this country. Happy Canada Day. And uh, welcome to the Grace, Peace and Balance uh, radio show or podcast by Gabi Abdelgadir. Uh, this is episode 81. And today I have an incredible guest who is a two-time international bestseller and he is huge into personal growth. His name is Andy and I will be reading his bio for you. And I will also be posting his bio and his social media links if you want to get in touch with him um on podbean and i will also be posting it on youtube please do get in touch with him he's an incredible human uh thank you so andy alberlan he lives on his 15 acre country uh, country home outside rochester new york a labor of love for the past seven years the serenity and quiet helps fuel the creative juices of everything he says even as a child Andy had an interest in writing and creating stories. Now a two-time international bestseller, a licensed home inspector, as well as a skilled and experienced craftsman, he actively pursues many interests, including woodworking, music, art, and study of the mind. His passion for personal development and personal growth and a great joy in connecting with people while providing clarity and guidance wherever possible are at the core of his message, which is life is a wondrous gift and our experiences hold the key to understanding who we are and why we are here in this time and place is what he says. He's sending out blessings and kindness and success in life to all of you who are watching this, who are listening to this. Andy, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Gabby. I'm really happy to be here. Good. So, number one, congratulations on second time becoming an, an international bestseller. Can you tell us about those two books that you became an international bestseller? Which one was the first one? Talk about it. Sure, sure. Uh, so the first book, which came out uh, last year in 2020, um, was 30 plus one resiliency stories. Um, and it, it was, uh, it was a project that, that I, I'll say that I manifested. Um, I really, I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to write and to, uh, experience being a published writer. And I knew that I, I, I knew that doing it alone was not it wasn't in the cards and this opportunity came along um, a really fantastic guy Michael Ballard um, he he was the he was the mastermind of that that compilation book and he drew to himself a wonderful team of people that helped him to put that together and I happened to be one of those people that was able to contribute um, and it was really it it was a very eye-opening and enjoyable experience. Yeah. Um, and that one, it was, it was and still is a very successful book. And that 
um, that took myself and 30 other people to international bestseller status, which mm -hmm. was really exciting. Yeah. And um, at that time, I stated that I was it was not a one and done for me, even though that I had achieved a goal that I had set out in January of 2019. When I joined the Bob Proctor coaching program, they ask you to set a big goal for yourself, not something that you think you could get like a new car or something, but something that you've never achieved and that seems beyond your reach. And mine was to become a published author. And then they start to teach you about creating a mindset where you become the person that is able to achieve that lofty goal. Yeah. And the goal, as so many of us in personal development know or are learning, the goal is just the product of who you become. So the value is in the, the steps that you take and, and who you become to reach that goal. So when I reached my goal, I, I said, well, I'm not done. This is just a stepping stone. And almost immediately I was presented a, um, another opportunity, um, and that was to participate in Landed for Success, um, which is the book that just came out yeah. this yeah. year, the yeah. spring of this year. Yeah, and what I was got the to title work. of it? The Untold Stories, right? It's Untold Stories, okay. that's correct. Landed for Success, Untold Stories. And it was a little smaller group of writers, but the, it, they had some really, a really incredible network behind them. Yeah. And that one also became an international bestseller. Yes. Um, and so those, those two opportunities I've, I really felt are, are what is driving me forward as I continue to, to change and shift my life in the direction that I'm really, that I'm, I really feel purpose driven to do. Mm -hmm. And that's to continue writing and inspiring others to uh, become the, the best version of themselves that they're able yeah, absolutely incredible, incredible. By the way, I did uh, the Bob Proctor coaching program. I don't know now, but it used to be a 13-month program. Yeah, it yep. was a 13 that's correct. Program back in 2010, and Bob Proctor wrote the foreword for my very bestseller book, which is my story, The Grace, Peace, and Balance: Surviving and Thriving Against All Odds. He wrote the foreword for me. So yeah, so that is an incredible program. Did they put you into a mastermind groups as well? Do you have a uh, mastermind? Well, yes, they encourage you to do that. And I actually found a whole community, uh, a mastermind community, and that opened a door to where I, I was masterminding with people from all over the world yeah. at all times of day. Uh, it, it, it was really an, an incredible experience. So that there's so many doors open through that program and it really it really changed and shifted my life from yeah. where I had been, say December twenty eighteen to January twenty nineteen. It was it it made a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, if you had known me back then or met me back then it, it would be, I would be a very different person. Different and person. that's, I, which I'm very happy and grateful to be able to say that. Yeah, 
Good job. So, um, yeah, it is uh, the thing that we always uh, say is surround yourself with people who uplift you. Right? Like we always Absolutely. have to say, yeah. And then one of the things that I learned from Bob, Bob Proctor, is to get rid of people who drain your, your energy, to get rid of people who don't appreciate you or who are negative. Anytime there are people you feel negative energy around them, even if they don't open their mouth, you just have to wish them well and let them go. So that's yes. what I did. So that's what I did. It's very healing when you let go of people who don't serve you or who are negative or who drain your energy. It doesn't matter uh, whether they're family or friends or acquaintances or co-workers. It does not matter. Okay, I want to yes. know a little bit about you growing up. What were you like? Tell me about you growing up. <laughs> oh, you want to? Uh, are we supposed to paint me in a in a good light here? <laughs> yeah, but we all we all had we all we all grew up and we had our. <clears throat> well, I so I I like to kid a little bit. Um, you know, I I was an energetic child. Um, I didn't really appreciate authority telling me what to do. <laughs> um, I was a very creative kid um, and quirky and strange and it, I think that when being a kid like that I always kind of felt I never really felt like I fit in and I still don't feel like I fit in even as an adult but I appreciate being that type of child especially nowadays when I don't know kids they're really into you know they just, they're always got a screen in front of them. And of course, back, I grew up in the, in the 1980s and really television even was, it was not something that was on my radar, maybe for a couple hours on Saturday morning watching cartoons. And then I was a, I was a go outside kind of kid. Um, I grew up my first nine years in, um, in, in Rochester, New York. I grew up in the city, mm -hmm. um, and at that time, I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, um, but my parents decided to make a move to move out to the country, to move out mm -hmm. to a more rural area, and they bought a 100-acre a, a farm with barns and a big house, and um, it was a huge culture shock. Yeah, what are you? For me, going from inner city where there was a lot of mixed races and and everything was very tight and small to this place that was just, there wasn't a mixture of any kind of races or anything. And it, it was just a rural kind of uh, small town America community with nothing but space. Uh, you know, all of a sudden all there was was trees and cows and <laughs> not many people um so that it, but i felt like that's when my life started um you know and i was i was the kind of kid that was into all kinds of things um from i i used to actually as weird as it sounds i used to go and collect roadkill and i had an area in the woods where i would let them decompose mm -hmm. and i would take their their skulls and stuff and I would clean them up because I was interested in the biology and the science of them. And I would collect nests and feathers and uh, different 
natural, anything that had to do with nature. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a little museum in one of the rooms in our house, my natural history museum. And I, and this is at 10 years old, I could go through and <clears throat> I could explain to you anything you wanted to know about these items that I had collected. Um, and so when I say I was kind of a strange child, that's kind of like just to show you, you know, and I was also the kind of kid that if I wanted to build something or make something, I would find a way to, to I, I, yeah, I would go and scavenge wood until I had enough and build forts and cabins and things of that nature. Um, so, and really as an adult, I just carried a lot of those types of things over um, to where if I want, if I really want to do something, I, I will find a way. And that has brought us to this conversation today Yeah. Um, where I really want to be I want to be an author and I want to inspire other people um, with my experiences to become the best version of themselves by clearing out those limiting beliefs, clearing out that clutter in their mind so that they can get to what's really important because so often we're just, we're just dealing with all these distractions and things that we give our energy to but they're not really serving us. And so it's important to kind of move all that stuff aside, let it fall away so you can focus on those things that are really important to you. And though that's what brings purpose to our lives. Absolutely. So while we're talking today about mind declutter, what was the first, when was the first time that you re you realized that you need to change your mindset or what inspired you was it a book or was it something you watched or somebody you followed how did it start well if we want to talk about the one of the very first times that i had a shift yeah that we're going back over 20 years okay and this is i i was i was in my young 20s okay. uh 21 22 right in there and my mother she got me a book for Christmas okay. and it was called stone soup for the world. And it was a Jack Canfield book, very similar to the chicken soup for the soul type books where it's uh, compilations of people's stories and things. And the premise of stone soup for the world was that a man comes to a village mm -hmm. and he brings with him, a kettle okay. and he he's looking for some he's looking for food in every cottage that he goes to they say we don't we don't have any food we don't have anything for you so he goes to the center of town and he fills the kettle with water and he puts a fire underneath it and he takes a, a stone mm -hmm. that he has with him and he sets it in the bottle of the kettle and every person that comes by and asks what he's doing says i'm making stone soup do you have anything to offer? And so somebody brings a potato. Another person, oh, I have an onion. Somebody else says, I have a carrot. And on and on they go. Oh, wow. and I'm about each of to the, get emotional there. I have never read that book. Okay. Each of the villagers, this is just the premise of the book. Yeah. Each of the villagers, they put in what little bit they have to offer. 
And at the end, the man reaches down with his ladle and he scoops out the stone and sets it aside. And then the entire village has a feast from this kettle of stone soup because each one of them contributed where they felt they had nothing to contribute and it it enhanced and it, it, it the greater good is what benefited from that okay yeah, yeah. so i i read that book and i have never reread that book but i read that book when i was 21 22 years old and that story really touched me and when i read through the stories in that book that were just like we're talking about today they were personal stories from everyday people uh, stories of struggle and hardship and upliftment it really shifted something inside of me and from that day forward in some way shape or form I have attempted to uplift every life that I've come in contact with to whatever ability I had at that time and as I've grown older now over this 20 some odd years and the experiences that I have experienced that at one time I felt had no value to anyone. What I'm learning now is that by sharing those, yeah. that that is what brings people together. That's what connects people. And that is what inspires other people to share their story and to take that inspiration and move forward in their lives with it. Exactly. And the thing is, <clears throat> the thing that I found is that people are ashamed. A lot of people, they don't want to talk about their past, which is not fair. I think a story, a real life story, you have no idea how many other people's lives you could touch. Oh my God, he went through this, she went through this, and then mm -hmm. and look at them now. And I can do yeah. that. There is no shame. We all have gone through struggles. We all have done things in our life and now what has it become it has become an experience we grew up from and we teach and we help other people absolutely beautiful and when did you go back to the city when did you leave the farm that's an interesting one to me i did i never i oh, so you're never still moved there? you're still living well there? no not that part no I, that's i i have my own place um but i am a, i'm a country boy um when I go to the city to do inspections or something, which is about 45 minutes away, mm -hmm. I actually live in between two cities. I live in between Rochester, New York, and Buffalo, New York. Okay. Um, I, I'm not very comfortable there. I, I go do what I need to do, and I, I get out of there, and I come back to the wide Please. open spaces. And, um, you know, I, I love my freedom. Uh, as you stated in, in the bio there, I have a 15-acre property that when I purchased it now eight years ago, um, it had been abandoned for two years oh, and wow. neglected for 40. So the people that bought it, they never did anything to it. They allowed the brush to grow up. It used to be all pastures. And we, my family and I, we had to live in the barn for a month while I made the house livable enough for us to come in, mm -hmm. which can sound crazy to a lot of people. And it is in a lot of ways, but that is the level of desire that I possess. That is the level of vision that mm -hmm. I cultivate um, and that I bring to the table 
in all aspects of life. And it, this is a physical manifestation of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm learning and trust me, the Bob Proctor co program, coaching program really jump started what I was doing and brought to my awareness. Hey, you're already doing this, do it better. Um, to use that vision that I used here. I mean, this room that I'm sitting in, this is my beautiful office. Um, it used to be an ugly, nasty looking room with boxes stacked up in the back. And I just said one day, no more. I can't, I can't do this anymore. This room must be a reflection of me. And if you look, you look behind me with this mural and the woodwork, everything in here is a reflection of me. And everything has energy that I have instilled in it for a purpose. You built and that, I just, Andy? Did you that? build? Did you build that room, that office? Yes. Oh, wow. What is the one so, behind you, the trees? Is that like an art or is it a window? This is a mural behind me here. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but there's real trees in here. Okay. Um, every piece of artwork in here is important. Um, that I established that energy and that this is my place of creativity in the business world. Um, so I, as I digress, so that is the stuff that is important to me. And I, I make every attempt to bring to the table in everything that I do. Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm a country, I'm a country boy and I like to have bonfires in hang out out in the wilderness so to speak the wilderness mm -hmm. yeah and this property i'm developing into just a beautiful place where it has a very relaxed feeling you're integrated with nature we have lots of rabbits and deer and birds and even though the brush gets cleared and the the ground gets dug up to to make things a certain way i always make sure that anything that comes or goes from this property does so with relative freedom yeah um and i really feel that's important yeah. uh, an important aspect for all of us to consider especially in our own lives because so often we feel we feel locked down or we feel like we don't have a choice or we're not free and the truth is that we that we are all those things and we just have to make that decision and then follow through with it one moment abby yeah Okay, one, one moment. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. I have to, I have to give love to my fiance Joni, as she uh -huh. heads out to work for the day. Aww. So say hello to her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, you. amazing. So that is that. So the Bob Proctor came. So besides the book that you just mentioned which i really now i have to find it and like i have to go grab it because i have read a lot of jack canfield books but not that one um what other books inspired you just mention three books that actually inspired you to become who you are right now in addition to that in addition to the bob proctor coaching three books that really changed you as a person that helped you grow <clears throat> well, one of the books that I that really gave me a lot of information that I know is the core of 
Bob Proctor's message is think and grow rich. And so many people, if you ask them that question, that will be their answer. And it's almost cliche because that is, that is the book that all other books of personal development, all anything stems from. Yes. So we have to give props to that book. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible not to. Um, so I, from there, I would say, um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one that really gave me a lot to think about and about the way that I was raised and about the way that, um, that I thought about myself, that I thought about life. Um, that, that one, I, and I, I've had to come back to it several times and be like, was it really that good? And then I re would reread it. Um, and of course, that's by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, who yeah. He's done quite a few other books, but that in its day, that was such an amazing book that just coming from a place that nobody else had ever said, hey, consider this. Um, that was a really important one. Yeah. And I, I want to say that, and this was again on a Bob Proctor prompting, not necessarily that he said you should go read this book, but that he was referencing it so many times that I took it upon myself to say, mm -hmm. I got to, what is this? I see keep referencing this book. And that would be Psycho Cybernetics. Oh my God, yes. That one I had to read it several times. I read Robert it, Kiyosaki's Before Think yes. and Grow Rich. But Cyber, yeah, that one, it was like a little complicated for me at the beginning, so I had to reread it. You looking for it? Yeah, here. I'm, I, was, I was having a little brain fart about who the author was. Uh, Maxwell Maltz. Maxwell Maltz, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there it is. It's right on my shelf of uh, wisdom over there, and it, it it's it, it's a somewhat of a technically challenging book because he was, you know, it's so, he had such a weird that's it background in that he was a psychologist and a plastic surgeon, and he's writing this book about the technical aspects of the mind. And behavior and personality and it was like what a wow what what a weird connection to make but yeah. such important and dynamic ideas that he put in there and he does have memorable ways of imprinting them on your mind yes uh, so that was definitely one that I've yeah. had to think a lot about and go back every once in a while and be like what was he talking about there so those would be those would be three that just kind of that just kind of come to mind and yeah. there's so many others and I have I have my my shelf of yet to read here that I keep I always build when I find something that that I really like and then I have my shelf over here of I've already read them right, and yeah. but they're always up for grabs oh yeah um, another one I know you wanted three but another one that okay. was important to me and not necessarily from a personal development aspect um, was the the way of the peaceful warrior by Dan Millman um, and that one really resonated with me um, because oftentimes in our personal development we we begin to understand 
the spiritual aspect of ourselves and we get away from that human programmed aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is really what his book is about. And it's done in a novel fashion. So he's telling this story that's a little far-fetched, but his lessons in there about how to treat yourself, how to be to yourself, and then how to how to treat those people around you so that they're able to gain benefit from that. That one really gave me a lot of insight into how to conduct myself yeah. to myself and then to, to spread that to my outer world. So that one was, was really good an one. influential book for me. Yeah, excellent. Those are really great books. Uh, in I haven't read the last one you just mentioned, but I'm also very much into spiritual books, books by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Love the Wayne Dyer. I, uh, me too, like totally. I have watched his latest movie and I watch all his videos and I have CDs those days. They used to be CDs, so I purchased his CDs and his DVDs, which I don't use now because it's everything is available. Um, on audio and on on YouTube right now for free, whereas I used to spend a lot of money. Yep. Then Abraham Hicks is another one. Esther and Jerry Hicks, Ask and It Is Given. Ask and I'm reading given. it right now. Are you serious <laughs> right now? I, I really, truly am, yep. Yeah, isn't that an, an incredible book, Ask and It Is Given? Oh my goodness, like my mastermind group and I, we read it because we agree in one month, we read one book and then in one of our weekly calls, we discuss it. So. One of them said, I think we should go back to, uh, to Esther and Jerry Hicks asking it's given, we should go back because there are books that are worth repeating. Think and Grow Rich is one of them. Um, Robert Kiyosaki's The Four Quadrants is one of them. Richard Purdar is one of them. Power Intention is one of them. Um, um, my goodness gracious, I have like a ton of books that I could mention, but um, all those books and um, the Success Principles by Jack Canfield is one of them. Um, a lot of his books are by, by well, one of them. What else was I going to mention, Gabby? Did you read Bob Proctor's um, book? You were yes. born rich. Yes. Well, it yeah. comes now. It comes with that program. With the package. Okay. You know, they they don't sell that book anymore. They just give it away. Yeah, and so, yeah, it, each of us we received it. So I I did, I did read through it. Um, and you know, he wrote it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. and all of those things that, that he wrote at that time, I think what's so powerful, same with thinking grow rich. What's so powerful is that decades can go by and it still has relevance. Absolutely. You know, so many things become irrelevant as time wears on. Yeah. And some of these principles, they, they don't, they actually become more relevant as time wears on. Yeah, absolutely. So there are books that are worth rereading. And uh, yeah, Roman Sharma is somebody I love his books. And um, there are a ton like I have been an avid reader, like I can remember when I was like three, I used to hold books and just look at pictures. So by the time I was four, my brother had taught me how to read all the alphabets before even I went to kindergarten. So I've been a book addict and I was not allowed to read romantic uh stories when i was like <laughs> until the age of 14 but yeah. i used to put i used to go at night in bed i hide my book my friends from school give me and then i would 
put the light off and I would put the keyhole to my bedroom, I would cover it with a shirt or something. And then on the ground, so the light doesn't, I would, I would put a um, towel so nobody can see the light from outside. Yeah. I read 200 books. I told my brother and my mom like later on in life that I read 200 books of romance and all those books although I was not allowed to. So that's determination. So they said, you did with all those restrictions? And when did you do that? And I told them they were laughing. So I used to read like, but for the last 20 something years, I just focused on personal growth. And then for the last seven years, six, seven years, I am now more into spirituality as well, right? Like I have done a lot of personal growth. So now spirituality is the thing because I find it gives me peace reading all the spiritual books. So yeah, so yeah, so reading has been my thing. So I can, my goodness, the bookshelves, I just gave about 450 books. Uh, I, I decided to get rid of the fiction uh, mm, yeah. to, uh, yeah, to Salvation Army because they can sell them, right? Like I had to go yeah. three times because they were so heavy. I had to go to drive three times to drop them. Uh, and I left only the only fiction book that I read up until now and will always do is um, the lawyer. What's his name? Um, oh, my God. They call him my boyfriend at work. They call him, oh, your boyfriend has a new book. Um, oh, God. Um, I'll, I'll come back to it. But um, All right. Well, so... While you're thinking of who that is, yeah. you in, in in what I know about you and reading the book on discrimination, which yeah. I I messaged you and told you how touched I was by that book. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, even though I, I, I don't know if I have really the place to comment on that, other than I really it it was very eye opening to me. Um, I I feel like the first mistake that you could make with Gabby is to tell her that she can't do something. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty much a guarantee that she is going to do it. And I, yeah. I, I see a lot of that <laughs> yeah. in you. And I think that that's an amazing trait to have. Yeah, thank um, you. When, speaking about fiction books. John Grisham, I, that is his name. Oh yes, John. He's, he was a lawyer. He, I think, he gave up his law practice and became writing. But his books are all about crime, and there yes. isn't one book that I would miss. And I remember there was my. I used to work with a lawyer. She was a woman, so if she, if I didn't see it, if she sees it first, she would buy it and put it on my desk for me. And one night there was one book that I didn't like the ending of the story. I I. I finished it like about close to three o'clock in the morning because it was so hot, the story. You know how you're dying to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So I was so mad and I sent her an email and I said, Sandra, I am so upset the way uh, John Grisham ended this story. I have to find him and I have to email him. It was like close to three o'clock in the morning. She should be sleeping and dreaming, right? She immediately replies back. She goes, Gabby, comma, you are crazy, comma, Go to sleep in block lane, capital letters. Go to sleep with exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, so that is how much I love his books. That, that is the only fiction that I will always be reading. But other than that, anything new, uh, spiritual, personal growth, I will read. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, talking about, 
Yeah, I've always been, uh, I will show you kind of. My brother used to call me stupid growing up because he could read a 600 page like in two, three hours and throw it into my face and it would take me a week to finish it because there is school then it would take me a week to finish a 600 page book. And you mm -hmm. tell me, oh yeah, stupid people like you would take them forever to read this. This is only for stupid people like, and he would tell my mom like, oh, she's a tomboy. She, she's going to amount to nothing. And I can't say it out loud because the way we grew up is you don't talk back in front of your parents and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I will show you. I will sure. show you. I will show yep. you. I always was that person who said, I will show you, but I'm also quiet. Like I don't like confrontation. I don't like finding. So when I go quiet, that's when you have to worry about me. If I go completely quiet, you know, I am really not happy right now and something <laughs> is about to happen. But I am also like, I have a habit of shutting people out, which yeah. is not nice. Um, you have to let them know why you don't want them in your life sometimes. But I can't, I just completely shut down a person which I have done it even people in our circle if you ask me um, uh, because if people who are lacking integrity people who are lacking uh, honesty people who are lacking kindness and compassion they don't fit with me you know what I mean they don't fit with me but thank goodness yes. I am surrounded by people that would kick butt anytime for anybody good you know who they are like we have the Kellys yes. the Tommy's the Samantha's the Patricia's a lot of them, like they are like amazing group. And if I need anything on the spot, they will be there for me. So those are the kind of people you need to surround yourself with and uh, to let go of people who don't serve you in any way. Um, yeah, so I was that. And uh, I also love like decluttering. Yeah, so the way I teach it also, when you mention mind, you are so right because we, it starts at home and then your office, your space, because everything you carry carries an energy. And then mm -hmm. you have, if you do that and you don't declutter your mind, then still nothing changes. If you don't declutter your relationships, still nothing changes. And you have to declutter your time for you to be uh, productive and focused. So, so yeah, I like how um, you're talking about decluttering the mind. So, when did you yes. start, just before we, we finish up, when did you start decluttering your mind? Oh, that book, the first book that you read, is that when it happened? Well, I, I don't know. There was a lot of clutter between that book and, and today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, you know, I, the point that I would like to make yeah. uh, is with so many things, especially with the internet and how much information comes at us all the time. Yeah. That it, it kind of doesn't matter when I started or where I've gotten to today or where I'll get to tomorrow. What matters is that we understand and that the people that are watching this understand yeah. that Gabby is not perfect, no. that I'm not perfect, no. and that they're not perfect, and that every single one of us is in a practice of lifestyle absolutely and yes I have cleared clutter away I cleared it away two years ago I cleared it away last week I'm gonna clear some away today and there's yes. still gonna be more to clear tomorrow yes so 
to me, that's what's most important is a the awareness that we have something that we need to work on, and that that's okay. And that if we are making progress, no matter how small, and the progress is only measured by us, personally, yeah. not by somebody else and what it seems like they're doing or what you think so-and-so thinks you should be doing, that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is that each of us is aware that we're on our own journey, at our own time, our own pace, and our own place, Absolutely. and that we can, if, if we're moving forward with integrity to ourselves and those around us, that's all that we need. That's all there is to it. And the more that we do that, the more we will attract other like-minded people together which Absolutely. is a which is perfectly proven by this very moment of you and I having this conversation brought together by people that have integrity that are like-minded and it wasn't that you and I said hey let's get together it was that community of people that we surround ourselves with which we are so fortunate and blessed uh -huh. to be surrounded by those people they said, hey, let's put these two together and see what that conversation looks like. Yeah. So I am so happy and grateful that they did. And I've loved having this conversation with you today. Thank and you. honestly, Me too. this could go on forever. forever. And, I, oh, yeah. and I would be very happy with that. So yeah. I know I'm going to have you back in three weeks from now. You know that, right? Yeah. So, uh, but for now... I, there are two questions I ask everybody I interview, and then you, I'm going to have you uh, give your last advice to listeners. So the two things. The first thing is, if you had to visit three countries before you die, which countries would they be? I suppose it would be, since it's Canada Day, it might be a little wrong for me not to say Canada first, right? Yeah, you haven't. Been <laughs> no? yeah. I would love to to visit Canada in all of its splendor. Australia is somewhere that I've always wanted to go okay, ever since cool. I was a little kid. Okay, and cool. I do have an affinity for Ireland. For some reason, I would. I know it's a small country, and I, I just. I would just love to go, and experience it. Okay, so Ireland, Australia, and Canada, beautiful. The Irish people, the Australians are really nice people. So are Canadians. And the Irish people, I haven't been to Ireland, but uh, the people are so nice. And I have worked with them in the Middle East. Oh my, they love beer like there is no tomorrow. They drink beer like there is no, we used to get together like every weekend. The cases of beer, they drink it like it was like just, just water. They drink that and they love life. They were so nice. And I also had a few from New Zealand. It used to be such a great time when I was in the Middle East working for an oil company. So they are lovely people. So it's worth your visit. Um, my second question would be, what is one dream you would love to accomplish before you die? One dream that I would love to accomplish before I die. Yeah. I, I guess the simplest answer to that is the one that I am living right now. And that is sharing my stories and my experiences with the world. And my, my personal mission is to 
is to inspire a million people Aww. to find their purpose and to start living the life of their dreams. And in, in a, an interview with Gordon So, who is one of the founding authors of Landed for Success Untold Stories, um, when he posed that question and I said, and I told him, he said, well, you may have already almost reached a million people. And I said, then if that's the case, Gordon, I'll just tack another zero onto it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good so, job. Yeah. So, okay. That you. is absolutely beautiful. And I know you're going to do it in particular, Andy, like the young generation, the male generation need people like you big time. I see a lot, a lot of youngsters lost, completely lost. So they need you. They need people like you. They wouldn't listen to me. I'm a woman. Like I, I would do a better job with youngsters, with mompreneurs and things like that. Like my son is like, I have only one son, one boy, right? I talk with his friends and very rare, but you know them, these young kids, they don't want like their mom. Uh, but um, yeah, they need people like you because they would listen to you because you're not like an 80 year old or 70 year old that they say, oh, he's an old guy, what does he know? Because you're younger, they would listen to you. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And what is next for you, by the way? What, you, what, what is next uh, for you? Is it like an, another book or anything? Well, working? Yeah. There, there is something, there is something coming down the pike very soon. Okay. And I don't want to let the cat out of the bag just okay. yet. Okay. But perhaps in our conversation three weeks from now, uh -huh. we'll, maybe there will be a little more insight on that. So if anyone is interested, if anyone is interested at all in finding out what that is, all they have to do is enjoy their holiday weekend coming up, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then they can just wait with bated breath to see what the next amazing piece of this journey is going to be. And let me just tell you, it is going to be fantastic. It will knock your socks off. Oh my and if goodness. anyone and if anyone is is just dying for more, uh, this Saturday I'm actually going to put on a small Facebook live um, where I talk about my journey of learning to play the guitar over the past two years, oh starting at 42 years old. And I'm going to play a few songs for you and talk about some of the stuff that that occurred to bring that about and some of the challenges in my mind that I had to overcome because there was a, there was a, a lifetime of clutter in there that was telling me that I couldn't do it. And a lot like you, Gabby, that's the worst thing that you can tell me is that I can't do something because yeah. I am going to damn sure find a way to do it. <laughs> there you so. go. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm, so can't wait whatever it is that you're working on whatever it is that's coming i am so looking forward to it people follow him you will see his instagram account facebook link instagram link everything i will be posting it follow this man he is incredible just follow him and you know uh friend him on facebook and watch out for him that is what I can advise. So one last sentence advice for listeners before we call it a day. One last piece of advice. One of my core lessons that I've personally learned and I share everywhere I go is for us to view each experiences of our life as 
a blessing and or a lesson, and they're often both, and that when we do that, we can see that every experience that come to, comes to us is a learning tool for our own personal growth so that we can be the person today that we have become so we can be a person that the world needs us to be tomorrow. Excellent advice. Oh my goodness. It's been such a pleasure having you on my, on my show and I can't wait to have you again. And that was such an inspiring time. Normally I would like do only 20 minutes. I think we went way over time, which is, I could talk to you for two hours and you know that. So thank you for being on my show and I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Can't wait to see what it is. And uh, so everybody, this is it for today. Watch out for Andy Alberlan. You will see all his bio and his social media links. Get in touch with him, follow him. He's incredible. And uh, until the next episode, I wish you grace, peace, balance, and harmony. Blessings. Thank you.